Welcome to the Inner Dominatrix Podcast, the show that gets you stepping into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. And as always, I have another great guest for you. This man, I met him three, maybe four years ago now, and I absolutely adore him. He is just the most gentle soul you will ever meet. And possibly the most unlikely guest I would have on to showcase the inner dominatrix piece because he identifies as a monk. So David Gross, you know, I'm going to leave it up to you to tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, thank you, Dana, and thank you for inviting me on the show, because I'm quite excited to see where we go with this conversation. (laughs) So bottom line, basically for me, I've been working and teaching and living in Asia for 33 years. And from my time in Asia, I recognized the importance of energy, vibration, some would call it, and our ability to actually, I have to use the word control in a non-negative way here, but control our own energy in connection to our perception of the environment around us to help us control, not control the environment, but actually create the environment. That's the better language. So from living in Asia for so long with temple work in seven different countries, the concept of how do I maintain my alignment, I'll use that language, or my calmness, my inner calmness amidst no matter what's around me, mm. and I guess we call it being unconditional, how do I do that, has been the focus of a practice that's taken me about 33 years. Wow. Yeah. And I love that you honor that it really is a practice. It's, you know, that deepening connection to, to source, to being, you know, to being present is such a powerful piece. And I know, you know, when you and I met, like the, the click, the connection there was a recognition, you know, you recognize, and I will never forget this, what you, the gift that you gave to me was to, to recognize and honor the work that I've done and where my energy level sits. And, you know, and I, I think there's that, you know, I really recognize and honor where you are at and all the work that you've done and where you've gotten to. It, it's amazing because I remember the first time that we met in Dallas, actually, as if it were this morning, really. I know. <laughs> there's no time, there's no time seemingly, you know, to have passed. And as I look at you and regard you and see the energy of who you are, the woman you are, and what you're bringing to the world, I, I still feel actually there's an intensification or an intensifying of who you've become and the gifts that you're sharing with the world, which thrill me to discover how I can support you. Mm. See, that's it. That's the beauty of like, you are just such an open heart and an open soul. And you really embody that essence of, you know, it's not about competition. It's, it's how do we support each other? How do we get it so that we all grow? And, and for me, that, that is that piece of that inner dominatrix, because it's not about power over, but bringing out the best in each other. I, I just, I adore that about you. I, I love that. And actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go deeper here because I, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I just automatically have to go there. It's not, to me, it is absolutely bringing out the best, but it's also unraveling or discovering in the depths of how do I have control over bringing out the best by not pinching off the best of me mm. because things around me are going haywire. Oh, 
Yeah. And, and that's it, right? It's, to, you know, things that can go crazy in our worlds, but if we can remain present, and I mean, I say it in that it's, you know, being present and connected to who we truly are at the source, and that allows us to then also, you know, engage and invite that, the best of other people to come out. It, it does. And I'm actually tempted to go to the dominatrix concept here because that still is very intriguing for me. <laughs> Be, because in this, what we're talking about now of the awareness of what's going on around us, there are times when we must be, I don't know, not, dom, not the dominant one, where we must be the one who is trusting mm-hmm. that everything is going to be okay. And in that level of trust, releasing and relaxing our need to have control. I love it. Yeah. And I, I, I completely agree with you. I really see that, you know, for so many people, they are desperately trying to, you know, shove the plans of the universe in a certain direction. It's like, I have determined that this is the outcome. And so they're pushing and pushing and pushing instead of just relaxing out a little bit and and watching it unfold yes you're going to keep taking action but allowing things to unfold and i don't know about you but i always find it unfolds far more magically when i don't push that was the word that just came to my mind actually yes (laughs) and I'll, i'll give you an example so in the mornings when i'm when i wake up i i lie in bed i know i'm awake because my eyes are open and i'm here and i consciously allow myself to remain in the state of openness. And it's not a meditation. I don't have to meditate myself into a stupor to get there. I just allow myself <laughs> to stay in that state of openness. And I honestly, as a, as a business person, am amazed at the insights and the ideas that come to me when I'm in that open state. So if I were to sit at my desk and force them out, like how do I do this and how is, what's the next step here and where do I start, that would be work. But in the morning, I just lie there and I receive because I'm in a state of trust. And as I receive insights, honestly, I could show you, I have over a hundred individual pages of notes that are very detailed that come to me because I'm in that state of receiving. I'm not trying to work hard to find the answers. They do come. Mm, That is beautiful. And I love the fact that you mentioned about you know, your, your type of meditation, you know, this being open in this space is not that, you know, forced meditation that so many people think of. Like I had somebody ask me the other day on a, on a podcast, you know, do I meditate? And, and I'm more like you, I don't, I don't do that kind of ritual meditation, but so many times I drop into that space. Um, For me, my favorite place is a shower. I find that just drops me right in, right? (laughs) And same thing, yeah, like the flood of ideas. I love crafting my videos when I'm in the shower. That's where that, the whole... I think really what's happening, because that happens to me as well, what, what the experience truly is, is that by being in a shower, we are in a place of... We, we're not connected to conditions around us at that moment. We're allowing ourselves to perhaps relax or maybe release a little bit of the, of the tensions of the day. <laughs> and when we find ourselves in that state, regardless of how we get there, for, for some it's walking the dog in the park, for example, but when we allow ourselves to get there, actually, let's go a little bit deeper. It's not just the allowing, it's the recognizing of it mm. so that when we really 
recognize that we need that time or we, uh, we want that value of that time to be very more present, we can actually then take control to create that experience in our lives so that we can receive and be open to more. I love it. Yeah. And, you know, and it really, it is just so vital that we have that time where we're so completely disconnected the majority of the time that taking those moments where we actually surrender in and, and let ourselves to just kind of you know, be in the moment and be open. That's exactly it. Yes. It's the being. Yeah. And, and I, I want to just kind of differentiate here the difference between mindfulness because mindfulness to me from my training is a little bit more of a conscious direction of the energy. So for example, when I am being mindful, I am consciously being aware of everything around me and the, and the, how it looks, how it feels, the textures, for example, the, the energies, the colors, all of that. So being mindful requires a little bit more or maybe a lot more amplitude of focus and energy mm-hmm. than just being open. Yeah. And, and it, it just to, you know, to clarify that, mindfulness is, I mean, I've had times in my life where I've had a hypervigilant you know, awareness of what's going on, right? Where I'm on high alert and I, and I can tell you, I can tell you what everybody's doing, what everybody's thinking, what's going on, right? And being, you know, being so, so psychic with everyone, I, I know where they're at and where their bodies are at. But that is not mindfulness. Mindfulness is, is dropping in and not having attachment to what in, what's going on. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so I think we've actually uncovered or, or discovered a common thread here of the unconditional the 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 lack of conditions around us or or our connection to the conditions around us which might hold us in a state of being more in the energy of needing to control yeah oh. and, and it's just it's so it's it's so important it's so vital for people and yet you know i wonder if you can share maybe some some beginner tools for people to start to drop in to being in that space. I can actually. And the very first one, the word that I'm going to use here is the word of vulnerability, because I believe that when we begin to practice ourselves into openness, we must first and foremost be aware of the fact that we will be, or we will sense a level of vulnerability. And if we resist that level of vulnerability within ourselves, that in itself will pinch us off from the purity of the energy and the state that we want to create. Mm. Love it. Yeah. It, it, you know, and it's so interesting. So many people are um, afraid of being vulnerable, mm-hmm. afraid of, of letting down those guards and the walls and, you know, the things that they think keep them safe. Yes. And so what's your take on the whole, like that, that safe thing? What would you say to people? Well, well actually, I, I can take it to a high level, a high perspective, because I want to link the concept of vulnerability with the needing to know. And I don't, I don't mean need as a neediness, mm-hmm. but the benefit in knowing that you have a level of trust as well. So that when you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable, you are trusting that everything is going to be okay. The challenge for many people becomes with the environment around us. The environment is the condition 
<clears throat> pardon me, which if it feels trustworthy, we feel safe. But when we recognize that no matter what is going on around us, we have control over our actions and reactions to the environment. And therefore, it's actually a trusting of ourselves, not a trusting of others, first and foremost. Mm. So true. And when we have that level of trust, then when we can connect to our higher selves, if I can use that language, when we connect to our higher selves and recognize, and this is a hard one for some people to maybe wrap their head around when they're in the depths of the pool, splashing around in things that don't feel so good. But when we can recognize that actually that which is happening to us is truly offering gifts of awareness no matter how it feels at the time, there are gifts of awareness which are, which are present, which we are oftentimes not present to. Brilliant. I love it. If, for example, and there are many stories that we hear, you know, in the news and even in social media of people who've had rather traumatic experiences in their lives and claim once they've come through it and healed to some degree, maybe physically, maybe a little bit emotionally or mentally from that, Pardon me, claim that that was one of the best experiences they ever had because of the depths of awareness and insight into themselves that they have gained from that experience. So when it when it's first when it's hitting you between the eyes, we don't see that gift yet. We're not even <laughs> looking for that gift yet. However, if we can, if something you know, and it doesn't have to be something super traumatic. It could be somebody cutting us off in traffic or someone saying something that kind of shuts us down. But if we can pause for a moment and recognize, okay. Kind of like the punching bag things from the maybe 60s and 70s, the Popeye mm-hmm. punching bag. When you punch it down, it comes back up. <laughs> if we can look at that analogy and that image as, okay, I feel like I've just been punched down in some way. So I'm going to be aware that, yeah, I'm on the ground. I've been punched down maybe vibrationally, emotionally in some certain way. And I now have the ability to disconnect from the environment and kind of come back up to my centeredness and, and my connectedness mm. and look at myself and my power and my control over my reactions, and then maybe take a little bit of time. Actually, here's the thing, not to try to find the answers right now and not to try to figure out what it meant, what it meant or why it showed up, but actually to be in that calm, open state Mm -hmm. prior to having or feeling like I have to find out, figure out the answer or find out why. So it, it, it's kind of an interim bridging transitional stage of, okay, I feel like I've been knocked down to the floor. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come back up to my center and I'm going to maybe take it up. Seriously, maybe, maybe just kind of lie down for a little <laughs> bit here and not think about anything, but just come back to center and then trust that from that position, more insights will certainly okay. re- be revealed. And more importantly, or maybe most importantly, I'm not going to be reacting to what's around me, which causes me to connect with that energy and that vibration and takes us both down a path that we don't really want to go. I love it. You know, it's, it brings up such a good point that, you know, when you're in the midst of those things is to, to, to drop in. And I always talk about dropping into that surrender energy, right? To surrender Mm -hmm. into the moment. And I love the fact that you pointed out, you know, don't go chasing after why and figuring out intellectually why. It doesn't matter. Just not be yet. with no, it. Not yet. Because <laughs> if, if you be with it, you let it unfold instead of trying to shove it. Yes. And even as it's unfolding, feel, if it's possible, allow yourself 
to disconnect slightly, not only from the need to figure out why or find the answer, but from the need to do anything. So he actually, here's a mm. phrase that I use a lot. Yeah. When, when I'm doing sessions, it's like, don't think about what you have to do. Just think about who you have to be right now. Mm-hmm. And be the one who is holding, I, w- I would use the word, a level of serenity or calm or inner peace. And from there, trust that that will get you on the path in the direction of moving forward with momentum that's going to feel so much better than were you to join the other path. For sure. Uh, so true. You know, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, people want to discredit the inner work and say, well, you just need to be, get your funnel together and, you know, put your leads, get your clients to, to sign up and, you know, convert them and all this stuff. Right. But if you're not being in that space, it's, it's much harder. Like I find, you know, if I'm really connected and I'm dropping in and I get out of my head, you know, as lovely as my brain is, if I get out of my head, it's easy for me to pull in clients. It's easy for me to get them to say yes Mm because they want to say yes. It's not me convincing them. They already want to. It's very true. And if you look at it vibrationally or energetically from the heart of the woman that you are in that space, of being connected to yourself and to the, with your heart of compassion to those that you want to help and, and serve people will people of, a, of like alignment will be attracted to you. So you will actually attract even better clients because they are in alignment with where you are. Mm. If you, someone is, I don't like to use the word, but fighting for business, they're really working hard for their business and they're working hard in their business. Mm-hmm. It's not unusual that they attract clients or customers who make the work kind of hard. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yes, you do get out or get back what you put out, right? So I, I, can I share with you an analogy? Yeah. That I love this because it really, it resonates for me. So I use the piano keyboard as an image a lot. And the middle C key is to me, centeredness, connection, clarity, all of that. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, going down the keyboard, going left from middle C is where the notes get heavier. They get a little bit darker, you know, in sounding and, and classical music, and you can certainly hear that. Mm-hmm. That's also a vibrational kind of reflection as well. So moving up from middle C is where it gets lighter, feels lighter. So my intention is to consistently hold myself in the energy of what I call two octaves up from middle C. So the middle C people, and there are many who are coming up to middle C who are trying to figure out, you know, how do I make my life better? How do I get through this? How do I get over this? How do I connect in a certain way so that this doesn't affect me as deeply as it has before? Mm -hmm. And typically the trigger is that they're talking about the pain points. They're talking about the stories that didn't feel so good. The people who live one and two octaves up from middle C do not need to reflect on their past pain in order to justify where they are. Mm. So my intention is to hold myself two octaves up from middle C and to attract and connect with individuals who are also holding themselves up an octave or two from middle C. And that has totally, in the last 10, 15 years, shifted my personal life my professional life, every aspect of my life, because I only now connect with individuals who are living one and two octaves up from middle C and moving up from there. I love it. I love it. It's such a great visual mm-hmm. and kinesthetic feel of, you know, what it is. Cause people talk about, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe and those kinds of things. But I think this, for me, it makes it much more 
um, palpable. I can well, get that. Weave this back into, into what we've already shared here. So imagine that we find ourselves kind of like the punching bag on the floor. Okay, I'm flat down on the floor. <laughs> I'm, having, I'm having a couple of octaves down from middle C experience. Right now. <laughs> feels kind of down, feels kind of heavy, right? I've been I'm kind of down there. So rather than trying to leap up to a couple of octaves above middle C, I'm just going to come back to middle C, which is the kind of coming back to my centeredness, coming back to my clarity. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to bring myself up to middle C and I'm going to sit there I'm going to hold myself there for a while, and it might be through taking a nap. It might be through taking a walk. It could just be five minutes. It could be a little bit longer. It could be a couple of hours, actually. But I'm going to hold myself in my state of middle C and looking forward in the direction, quite literally, of two octaves up of middle C rather than reflecting on what didn't feel so good before because that has the energetic connections to what was that didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. So when I'm whacked down, coming up to middle C and looking forward, just facing forward with no yet need to take action to get there, just looking at that and trusting mm-hmm. that that is, actually that's it, trusting that the two octaves up from middle C, me, is the true reflection of the core and heart of my soul and my being. I love it. There's there's something like I can just I have to admit so I'm sure most people can feel this but it's like I can feel you channeling and there's something that happens in my body it's like I become this conduit right I'm like so I'm having a hard time as a as an interviewer I'm just sitting here I'm like I know I know I'm being this wonderful big open conduit and I'm loving this space and at the same time it's like okay my mouth needs to work (laughs) (laughs) I need to say something (laughs) and the most I can do sometimes is like ah. (laughs) so so it's it's interesting i don't know it's almost like finding the balance between all of this amazing energy work and bringing it into the physical reality that we're living in and and you know marrying those two and how do they blend because sometimes i'll go off in one direction or the other so yeah let me pick your brain let's uh i think there's i think that the concept of awareness, I'll use awareness first of all as, as the key word kind of opening the door to this conversation. When there's a level of awareness of what is going on or what has been going on so that we can be aware that we are acting or reacting in a certain way which feels down from middle C, that awareness first and foremost allows us to blend the spiritual being the mindset work that we've done with the, okay, now I've got to live in the real world. What does that mean? So I think that a level of awareness of when we feel, actually this is kind of cool, when we feel knocked down a couple of octaves below middle C, the awareness of, okay, my only action right now is to get to middle C and just hold that consistently for a little bit of time here. And when we have the high-flying two octaves up for middle C experiences, to actually then be mindful of the energy and the joy and the thrill and the excitement and the clarity and the connection that is that experience so that if ever or whenever we feel ourselves knocked down again on the floor, two octaves down from middle C, we do have a visceral memory Mm. of the core of our being two octaves up which will be like the magnet to draw us, kind of a momentum magnet is a phrase mm-hmm. that I use. 
Love it. I'm not there right now, but that momentum magnet, I remember the high-flying feeling. I remember the clarity. I remember the connection. I remember the purity, the joy, the ease of that energy. I remember the inspiration. I remember the creativity. And I remember loving it so much so that, yes, I feel kind of whacked on the floor right now, but I remember that. And the visceral memory becomes like the momentum magnet that draws me to middle C, allows me to hold myself there. And then when the time is right, shifts me back up into my two octaves up for middle C. Brilliant. Oh, I love this stuff. <laughs> Which is good because this is what I do, right? <laughs> you know? Well, it is. And actually, you're a very perfect and beautiful representation of the, a woman who is living the embodiment of what this means for heartful, heart-centered alignment, compassion, connection, and collaboration. You, you are that woman, and, and you are, if I can kind of give you, I'm not going to go too long on that story because I know I can get off on tangent, but <laughs> for those who are in a seeing is believing world, and they're therefore reacting to what they're seeing around them, and it's not feeling so good, many individuals need to be able to see a woman of power who is holding her connection to her compassion, her heart, her, her collaboration, her alignment. So you become the physical embodiment so that others who are in seeing as believing can see you being that woman. And that is a great gift to everyone who knows you. Oh, Truly. You. you are such a gift. Oh, you know, I, I know we could continue talking for hours, um, but unfortunately we aim for a half hour podcast. I so, yeah. yeah, but I would love to do a little shout out if you want to direct people to what you're up to and how do they find you. So what's, what's the best way to connect? Well, actually right now I'm, I'm in the stages of rebranding, I guess would be it. My, my initial brand is called a new way of being. Because a new way of being for me is how do we be in the world? And I've now developed an extension called A New Way of Being in Business. So I do have a website, anewwayofbeing.com. That, I'm playing around with that one because I've put that on the back shelf. Because a new way of being in business.com mm. is, I feel, the calling for me right now. How do I share with entrepreneurs and business owners and corporations, how do I share what it means? And I'll use the hashtag. I'll, I'll share the hashtag that I haven't started using, but I will is <laughs> communicate to connect. I love it. And so if anyone wants to find out a little bit more, the website, which will be is in development stages here of a new way of being in business.com is where I will be sharing insights and actually some really amazing tools and, and strategies that I've got on how do we communicate to connect. And by communicating to connect, developing very strong, authentic relationships of integrity, which as a result will build our businesses and support our lives in the most incredible ways. That is incredible. 
That is, and it's it's so aligned with everything that you've been doing, everything that I know about you. It's it beautiful. It it's beautiful. So the good thing is we have a little bit of lead time between recording and releasing. So by the time this exactly. is released, that website will be up. And people can there we find go. Out. Exactly. Perfect. So yeah, definitely yeah. check that out. Um, and then of course, you know, on any of the social media platforms, you can follow David and check out his nuggets of wisdom. And I am so grateful to have this moment with you Thank and you, reconnect. Dana. Thank you. Yes, exactly. The, the reconnection and the energy and the compassion is palpable. It and, is. and I hold you in such high esteem. Love oh, you dearly. Love you too. Thanks for tuning in to The Inner Dominatrix, the show that lets you step into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to tell your friends about it. And if you're ready to own your inner dominatrix, then hop over to my website, innerdominatrix.com, and let's have a conversation to get you rocking your bold, sexy, fun-filled life.